Hey mamas, as you know, I am a mom of four. I started my motherhood journey 11 years ago and now I have the baby who's one. And something that's been interesting and having this big age gap is watching the evolution of different baby products, including car seats. My go-to with Fitz has been the Cover Me 4-in-1 convertible car seat. It's unique in that it addresses the number one complaint by experienced mothers such as myself which is sun in the child's eyes. The Cover Me is able to do this with an innovative canopy, which offers height adjustability, coverage, and side sun protection. I wish that I had had this back in the day with Oliver because he hated having the sun in his eyes. Along with the canopy, the Cover Me has a usage rating from four to 100 pounds and can be used as an infant rear-facing, toddler rear-facing, forward-facing, and belt positioning booster. The Cover Me also has a very convenient recline system, which includes a zero radius base and integrated recline flip foot. The system allows the child to find a position comfortable for them and also limits the amount of space taken up by the seat when in rear facing position. Finally, it has features that exist to make life for both the parent and the child a little bit easier while using this seat. No twist harness indicator, no rethread harness and comfort cabin, which is plus multi-layered padding in conjunction with the UPF 50 plus of the canopy. Check out the link in the description of this podcast and use the code COVERME20 for 20% off. I hope that you love this car seat as much as me and Fitz do. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I'm your host, Abby Williams. Today, I'm welcoming on Kelly Thompson to chat about empowering the working mom. Kelly is a leadership coach and speaker who helps women leaders advance with clarity and confidence so they can make impact in rooms where decisions are made. Kelly spent over 15 years in corporate America before taking the leap to start her own leadership coaching practice. We talk about things from imposter syndrome to asking for a raise to battling that work-life balance that so many of us mamas struggle with. Um, Kelly provides great insight both here in this episode and on her various platforms. You can follow her at Kelly with an I, Kelly Ray Thompson, on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also go check out her website, www.kellyraythompson.com. All of the links will be in the description of this podcast. And be sure to check out her freebie that she's offering, um, her free breakthrough week training. It is dedicated to creating breakthroughs in your career. So be sure to check it out. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. And if you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me. So let's get started. Cheers. Kelly, welcome to the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I am so excited that you are here joining me today. Um, I know that all my working mamas are going to love, love, love listening to you. Um, I love connecting with you. But first, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. 
I'm so happy to be here. And I think the first thing that you should all know is that my daughter turned 16 today. Oh my goodness. Happy birthday to your daughter. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. As, as a mom, um, I am watching her drive in and out of my driveway over and over again, because of course she's gotten her, her keys and she has places to go like Starbucks. Oh my gosh. And brunch. And so my heart is like in my stomach for you. I was like so excited (laughs) for this next chapter, right? What a mix of emotions. Yes. Everybody says, are you excited? You excited? And I said, you know, there is a handful of days where I'm just convinced something horrible is going to happen to my child. And moms, you know, this one was the day she got on the bus when she was five years old she wanted to ride the bus to kindergarten. The second is today when she drives by herself and I'm like, Oh no, this is going to be a day. Horrible happened. And I think that the last day will be when I drop her off at college. So moms, I've got a 16 year old. I've, had a little one. I'm with you. I spent um, over 15 years in corporate America. Yeah. Um, I was a, I oversaw training teams. I led marketing teams. I was in human resources. And then I finally had the courage to start my own business. It's not because I ever had an entrepreneurial gene or anything, <laughs> um, but started my own leadership coaching practice for women. And I help women not only make brave career changes, but when they find themselves ready to level up at work or apply for that promotion. I I coach a lot of women with leadership and confidence skills. And I'm married to my wonderful husband, Jason. Uh, We've been married since 2018. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. So Kelly, let's kind of like dive into this working mom. Um, Because I think as women, I think people in general, we struggle with this imposter syndrome, right? And it really creeps in in the workplace, and especially for women. We've had to overcome so much in the workplace, but we still have this little tiny imposter that lives inside of us. Like, are they going to find us out? And I wish that we could kick it, but it's still kind of there. So how do we help women in the workplace, our working mamas, manage this little imposter that mm-hmm. follows them yeah. around. <laughs> yes. And so I think it's really, when I talk with a lot of women, yeah. I think sometimes we're not always super conscious that we have imposter syndrome. And so mm-hmm. I want to talk about that. And for those of you who might be hearing this for the first time, imposter syndrome is the belief that even though we have a lot of qualifications or experience, that when we get into this meeting room, we're going to be found out. Yeah. Or that we shouldn't apply for this job because we're not qualified, even though you have like 20 years of experience or even five years of experience. <laughs> right. Um, or that you don't belong. You get in the room and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't belong. And that all of your success today has been luck. And when I work with a lot of women, and I think this even with me too, I find that we aren't always like aware in our heads that we feel imposter syndrome, but we often yeah. feel it in our body, meaning you go and you're getting ready to speak up at work, but your anxiety and your nerves is just wrecking your stomach and you can't tame the butterflies. Or I have a dear friend, she's a neuroscientist and even she gets imposter syndrome. She messages me and she goes, Kelly, I can't stay out of the bathroom and I have this big (laughs) presentation and so nervous. I want you all to know that sometimes the clue that maybe we need to pay attention is that it's in our body because Mm -hmm. we're super nervous or we're procrastinating over and over and over again. Um, And when we stop and think about it, we're like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm having some doubts about, am I really capable? Am I really qualified? You know, am I afraid that if I apply for this job and I show up and I get it, they're gonna be like, who hired you? What are you doing here? Why didn't we think that you were the right person? And I'm just speaking from experience because I felt it myself. 
And so what I would tell women is, is step one, I would just, I would just notice it. Yeah. Without any judgment. Yeah. Just notice that you're having some of these feelings. Um, the next, the next thing I have them do is just to, just to name it. It's like, you know what? I think this is imposter syndrome. Oh, this is my imposter monster, as I call it. Because it is. It's like a little monster. It is a little monster. It is a little monster. Just notice it. Name it. And then I just want you to normalize it. And here's a fun fact. 70% of people have reported feeling imposter syndrome. Yeah. So there's a pretty good bet that like you feeling imposter syndrome actually doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Right. It actually means that maybe there's something right with you, that you're stretching your comfort zone, that you're showing up and doing something big. So notice it, name it, normalize it. And then I just want you to reframe it. One of the things I often tell myself is, you know what? I'm nervous because I care about doing a good job. Yeah. You know, this is what growth feels like. And so sometimes just that process of, of noticing without judging yourself and getting super critical and putting a name to it can really kind of help kind of ease the fears a little bit. Yeah. And then that kind of like trickles into our women, especially in the workplace, negotiating their pay. Right. And mm -hmm. I think I've like read these stats before that men are way more likely to negotiate their pay than women are. Mm -hmm. And is that because we have this imposter and we don't feel like we're worth it or that we just struggle to use our voice? Like what what is the reason behind this? How can we show up better for mm -hmm. ourselves and negotiate our pay? What mm -hmm. are your, like your trip tricks and tips around that? Yeah. So there actually is a lot of research. Yeah. So there is research that men are more likely to negotiate their pay. And I've seen a wide variety. Sometimes they say women or men are, you know, 60 to 80% more likely. But I think what's really important is that when men do negotiate their pay, they tend to negotiate for about 20% more than a woman does. So if she yeah. does choose to negotiate, she's still not negotiating and asking for as much as a man does. Yeah. And I think this is really important because there's not only a gender pay gap right. to which women are paid about 62 to 82 cents um, as compared to a white male. Now, of course, women of color are yeah. paid much less, which is a huge problem. Right. You know, so it also creates this wealth gap. And I think, you know, with women that I work with, one of the things I, and when I work with not only in my, my, my business now, but when I was a human resources director, I would yeah. see this all of the time. I think there's just some conditioning that we've been taught as women that is, you know what, it's not polite to ask. Yeah. Or you should just be grateful that you have such a good job. <laughs> you should just be honored. We do do this. I know <laughs> the honor that this job is paying you more than your last one. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we just have some of these inherent messages that we've been taught. And I think we really need to stop and say, okay, I know this is what maybe I've been taught or what society has told me, but mm -hmm. is this message continuing to serve me? And so I have some tips. Actually, I have a free download on my website. If you go to my Kelly Ray Thompson backslash downloads, um, yeah. I actually have a salary negotiation guide. It's free download, walk you through it. But just, you know, looking at the evidence to see, hey, what are people making, you know, out there, yeah. um, preparing a script. I always tell women to keep a career journal of all of the successes that you've had in your career. And that way you can use those when you go in and negotiate a future um, salary. But I think at the end of the day, it's really doing some of the mindset work that you are worth asking for. Yeah. And you are valuable. And whatever you think that you deserve, I would add 20% plus tax because that's probably what your male counterpart is asking for. 
So especially like in a world right now where we have COVID, you have, you know, so many companies that have gone through pay cuts or, you know, trimming their overhead as a result of, you know, all the things that have gone on in COVID, they're downsizing maybe. What does that look like right now in terms of asking for those raises? Mm-hmm. Is that hindering women from moving forward? You know, we've seen women just fleeing the workforce, not being supported in the workplace right now. You know, what does that mean for the working mom? Yeah, I would argue that now more than ever, yeah, have leverage. Yeah. <laughs> This is so important. Women, there's a statistic that like 41% of women are about ready to change careers. And I think they say um, 30% in the next two years, and many are tempted to leave the workforce altogether. But organizations now more than ever are more focused on diversity. They know that having diversity in the C-suite, the research shows not only makes them 50% more income, but it makes them more attractive to job searchers. Right. I have people who say, oh, I saw this job. I was super excited about it. But I went to the company's website. It was all men in the leadership team. So then I just kept searching. Yeah. So companies know that it is important to retain women and that they want to grow. They have to retain women. So yes, COVID is a thing. And I would also tell you not to let that come in the way of asking for what you deserve because right. companies need you. You have leverage. And you know it's still... I've always said this, especially when I was in HR, people get promotions even in difficult times. Yeah. Good people get promoted in difficult times all the time. So now more than ever, go into your organization and tell them exactly why you are the person that they need to have on board and how you are uniquely qualified to help the company manage these difficult times. And this is what the salary is. This is what the market says. This is what I can bring to the organization. Bring your data, bring your facts. It may not happen right away that they say, oh, Abby, absolutely. Here's an extra 20 grand. You know, it might take a few weeks or even a month, but it's okay to then follow up with that conversation. Continue to ask. Now, if the organization is like, nope, can't do it. And, you know, this is not something we can accommodate, then it might be time to ask some other questions about your career, but give it time, give it effort and and some patience too. Yeah. Kelly, how are you helping moms, the moms that you're working with, How are you helping them kind of juggle this work-life balance? Because I think that that's really why we're seeing women fleeing the workforce over Mm -hmm. this past year with this pandemic, right? Um, You've seen a huge childcare crisis and women being called back into the homes, into their motherhood roles and having to leave their careers behind. And it's heartbreaking to watch, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we can have a lot of, we can hold space for those women, um, but how do we support them? You know, we've seen that we the <laughs> we have a huge like broken system in this country. Um, you know, we've seen that. But how how are we going to support them getting back to the workforce? How do we support moms staying there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's this whole concept of the invisible workload of women. And this is, and I want to approach this twofold. I want to talk to the women who might not be working, but then I want to talk to the women who are working and just burnt to a point because they have exactly what you described. Right. So the invisible workload of women is that women take on an average of two hours per day in Mm -hmm. extra tasks. 
And these can just be how moms just think of everything. Moms yeah. go to the doctor's appointments. Moms go to the doctor's appointments. Moms, you know, sometimes, you know, dad, hey, I have an amazing spouse who cooks, he vacuums, he cleans, but there's just other things that moms do in terms of coordinating play dates and driving <laughs> to all the things. And so, you know, yeah. I think number one, it is important to ask for help. Like there's no badge or medal that you're going to get from like being the most burnt out, overworked, overdriven mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was me with a teenager. Oh, like the amount of hours driving, right? There there was was no medal for that. And like, (laughs) I'll be honest, when my daughter um, got a job this summer, I shamelessly ordered her a few Ubers because I just couldn't. (laughs) I don't want to go pick you up. Gonna get to the place that she needs to be. Now she's yeah. 15, and I felt comfortable with that. But that's just right. an example of like sometimes you need to outsource. Right. And so I think for the moms who are considering entering the workforce, I would be okay with being selective. There are employers out there who are recognizing that this is a problem, and they are yeah. leading the effort yeah. in offering part time, in offering work from home and assisting with daycare, offering with flexibility. And that might require like a Google search of saying, hey, what employers out there are, are helping moms, but there are organizations who are saying, oh my gosh, there is a talent pool out here that we can target. So I would just assess like at what rate am I ready to go back and how can I find employers who might help me transition because they are out there. For the mom who is burnt to a crisp, who is doing all of the things, I can't recommend enough. I would love for you to just look at your next 30 days and ask yourself three questions. What can I dump? Like what sort of stuff do you just have on your calendar? Because somebody put it there and you've just been going ever since. Like, can I just dump it? Do I really need to do this? Whether it's like a play date, whether it's like a mom's group that you just keep going because you've always gone, or maybe it's even a meeting at work. So what can you dump? And then what can you delegate? So if you're a mom at work who has a team, like what can you delegate to your team? What do you no longer need to do because it's not a development opportunity for you and it's a development opportunity for someone else? What can you delegate to your kids? In our household, my daughter picks up dog poop, (laughs) unloads the dishwasher and has a chore, like a major chore every week because I got to delegate. Like, (laughs) I need my sanity and I got stuff to do. And then maybe what can well, you Well, now you're 16. For? You're going to be like running your sibling around. <laughs> oh, I've got plans. I've got plans. And then my last thing is what can you outsource? And so one of my dear friends, she's actually a client of mine too, is she is a busy working mom and her husband's in the military. Yeah. She is running like crazy. She's got a two-year-old. She's pregnant. She outsources. That's my last question. What can you outsource? She outsources meal prep. Yeah. She outsources house cleaning. She outsources, you know, so many things because otherwise she knows she's exhausted. And you know what? I understand that there is some privilege that comes with that. Right. That it does come with, with some money. Um, however, there are, I think, family, there's teenagers that are looking for five bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour that can help you. And so really ask yourself, what can I dump, delegate and outsource? So we have some really great teenagers in our neighborhood that like every summer they're like pumping out their flyers, you know, I'll come yeah. walk your dog, I'll mow yeah. your grass, I'll do whatever, exactly. you know, and, and they're cheap. They you are know? Cheap. I'm sure they're, they're making cheap. a killing doing it, but you know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, 
It is. It is affordable. If you can find a high schooler that just wants to even, you know, the kids that can't go apply for the grocery store jobs yet, you know, the 12 to 14 year old range that can just like come fold your laundry for you or, you know, help you with the kids while you're making dinner, you know. There are so many opportunities to help them and they're cheap labor. And they are cheap labor. Yeah. And moms, I want you to hear this. Women have also been shown to do, to take on more non-promotable tasks at work. And when I mean non-promotable tasks, it's sitting around the Zoom room or the meeting room and somebody says, hey, who's going to plan the next quarterly meeting? Everybody's silent. (laughs) Women tend to get delegated that stuff or they tend to volunteer yeah. And so they're taking on all this extra work at work that they're not even being paid for. And then they have to do their real work into the evening while the men are just showing up and enjoying the party. So I, I can't think of like them. one place I've ever worked that a man planned the office parties, right? Yes. Yes, I know, I know. So Dear men, we need what, you to step it up. Yes, what non-promotable tasks are you taking on at work yeah. that you are not getting paid for? That is a yeah. great area to assess so that you can unburden some of this workload and transfer it to other people. Or if you are the one, you know, like maybe the party planning is one of your gifts and you appreciate it and you like it and you want to take it on. But I think that that can be put into your, you know, work responsibilities and when you go to negotiate that pay say hey well I also have this party planner hat (laughs) that I'm not getting paid for you know that that can like be put in there because you know I think that we all have our different gifts and maybe more women have the party planning gifts than men I don't know I think that they have it (laughs) there's actually organizations now and I I can't recall the name but I, I saw this that organizations are now paying leaders of employee resource groups a a stipend every year because what they're finding is like there's diversity employee resource groups so there's women's employees resource groups so the lbg lgbtqia resource groups and so these these people are taking on these these resources and then we're expecting them not to be paid but now organizations are saying oh my gosh we can't expect you to lead this effort for free so they are paying right. so that is your ammo to then go and say right. hey, i'm leading my women's resource group or my mom's resource group and i deserve a little stipend for that so yeah i love that happening. i think that there are so many opportunities for working moms to be better supported and if the pandemic did any good it opened the door to start to having some of these conversations. You know, I really believe that. Um, I really hope that this is like the beginning to some beautiful growth and change for women in the workplace. Um, Kelly, can you kind of talk to us about leaving corporate America, your experience Mm -hmm. there? um, And, you know, maybe some advice for any other moms that are looking at taking that path themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So right before I left corporate America, um, I was in two roles where I traveled a lot. Um, yeah. Now I know this is obviously pre pre COVID, but you know, when my daughter was little um, and I'm divorced and remarried, so she was sharing more, more time with her dad when she was little. So I would, I could arrange my travel to travel when she was with her dad. And so then I felt the less mom guilt about right. being gone because she's not home anyways. But as she started to get older, she spent less time with her dad and more time with me. And my travel became more unpredictable. And I just was like, this is just not aligned with my values anymore. I don't want to do this. I'm missing too much stuff. You know, she's, I'm missing 
cross country meets or band concerts and just like all the little things, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, I need to do something different. And I'd always, as I kind of progressed in my career, I really started to do a lot more coaching and I yeah. really loved it. And I thought maybe I want to make a career out of this, but I don't know. So I even interviewed other places that had less travel. And when I went into those interviews, I just couldn't get excited. But when I thought about starting my own business, it was terrifying. Yeah. But yet there was something that was just so exciting about it. And so what I would tell women who are thinking of like starting their own business or thinking, could I really do this? Is first ask yourself, like, what do you get so excited about that you could do for hours on end? Yeah, I actually had um, coffee with someone this morning who her gift is organizing unorganized people. At work. Yeah. She is just a rock star. <laughs> she just said, I could never be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, there are entrepreneurs who hire people just like you to come in and fix their stuff and pay you very good money. So, I mean, I think sometimes we think that we have to have a product to be an entrepreneur. You give her my name. To- I might be hiring her. I know. <laughs> or we have to have a clothing store. But no, your skills. I yeah. want you to know your skills are valuable. So think about what those skills are. And then I didn't just leap. So about a year before I actually went out on my own, I kind of reverse engineered my plan. So I had to start mm-hmm. thinking about like, how much money do I need to save so that I can take the leap? And if mm-hmm. I don't make any money at first, I'm not like putting my family in financial jeopardy. Right. So I had to think about how do I kind of save some money? How do I have a fund? How am I researching entrepreneurship? What small steps am I taking in terms of starting a website, getting those things? And then the day came where it was going to be my last job at work. And so my last job at work, I had a lot of those things built. I had a website. Um, I had started to write a few blogs to put some content out in the world and have some social media pages. So I had some of that ready and I was kind of doing it on the side. Yeah. And some of the women that I work with in corporate um, do some of that on the side while they're working in corporate. So they have kind of a base before they start. And I had a couple of clients because I secured that kind of on the side before I actually took the leap. And so knowing that I wasn't just jumping into the abyss helped and that I had a few clients (laughs) to make sure I could buy (laughs) mac and cheese and pay the electricity bill was was helpful. So you will never feel ready. I was absolutely terrified, but at some point you have to say, you know what, this is something that just, I am being called to do. And I even think about my daughter watching me and I'm like, I want her to see me as a brave, courageous person who followed her dreams and didn't look back with regret. So, yeah, I had somebody like ask in one of my question boxes a couple of days ago about, um, you know, like starting my podcast and my Instagram account, you know, like, how did you get over the doubt? You know, it's so hard Mm -hmm. to build something. How did you not get discouraged? Like, listen, Mm -hmm. I have a pretty large platform now. And I still have doubt. I Mm -hmm. still get scared. I still get discouraged at times, you know, like, my platform is so positive. And there's so much kindness there. Like that one negative feedback that you get that you get, or that one negative comment, it knocks the wind out of me. Like I'm so sensitive, and you know, but I do. I just think that there's so much positive that outweighs those negative. Mm-hmm. And you do. You just have to go for it, and like you will never be ready. You, you will, will always be just be like, no, no, no. I don't know if I can do it. And even when you're in it, you know, I've been doing this now for two and a half years. And 
still I'm like, I don't know if I should be doing this, you know, oh, but totally. you just That's show awesome. up and you just keep doing it. And mm-hmm. it is, it's, it's so rewarding. Um, Kelly, tell me listeners where they can find you, how they can work with you. Um, and some of the services that you offer. Yeah, absolutely. So one comment on the going out, I will tell you, it is a good thing that you have a small platform in the beginning because that's when you do the most mindset work. (laughs) And you can make mistakes with nobody noticing because you've got to do the mindset work when nobody's following you. And that way you're a little more ready for the big followers. Oh my gosh, it's hard. (laughs) Consistency is not sexy, but it does work. Um, So you can find me um, on Instagram and um, I'm always answering um, Abby's questions and (laughs) stories. So on Instagram, I'm at Kelly Ray Thompson and I'm Kelly with an I. You can also find me on LinkedIn. So I'm at Kelly Thompson on LinkedIn, uh, but it's backslash actually Kelly Ray Thompson. And then I have a Facebook group that I like to stay active in and that's the Career Mm. Clarity and Confidence Facebook group. And so um, if you want to work with me, I work with women one-on-one, especially if you're looking to lead with more confidence at work or make a career change. And then I also offer a women's leadership program. That's the Clarity and Confidence Women's Leadership Program twice a year. And my next round is starting on September 22nd. So there's more information on that on my website as well. I also do some speaking to corporations as well. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you. You guys can ask me all your questions. Just DM me about imposter syndrome, (laughs) all the things. Yes, yes. I know. I hope that you do go give uh, Kelly a follow. I so appreciate all the content that you put out in the world and all the things that you are doing for women and mamas. Um, Kelly, all your links will be um, linked in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank it was you. So, so great delighted. chatting with you. Um, yeah. And cheers to an empowered working mom. Yes, absolutely. Cheers to the empowered working mom. Thanks for having me. Thanks.